Uh, well, hey, last question for me. So the world has heard rumors of you and Drake teaming up to do something or other. Is there anything you can tell us about what's coming next from y'all? No. <laughs> I thought That's so. That's <laughs> fair is fair. Fair is very fair. <laughs> Face like a summer day. A thousand parties if I ever act some type of way. We stop and started, but I guess that's how it goes. Uh, and lights a garden, so expect a couple. Welcome back to Unbiased Film, episode 27. Or if you're new here, welcome for the first time. Uh, this is a big episode. Connor and I finally got to interview someone we've been a huge fan of our entire lives, Josh Peck. That interview, uh, I'll, I'll put it pretty early in the episode. Um, maybe after we finish introducing ourselves. What a blast that was. Yeah, that was fun. Insane. Just, like, the the feeling of getting to talk to someone that you watch on TV all growing up as a kid. So, really cool experience. Excited to share that with you guys. This is a big episode, too, because it's our Avengers Endgame review. Possibly the biggest movie of our lifetime. Is that safe to say? That is easily safe to say, I like, think. I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm, like, I'm just sucking off Marvel, which... We do pretty constantly. Suck off Marvel any day. Yeah. I mean, I, okay, before we get into the end game of what else is coming this episode, I guess if you're new to this and you want to know a little bit more about what we are, this is Unbiased Film. Uh, I'm Colby. This is Connor. Hi. What, I mean, what does our podcast consist of? We actually, so it's funny, we talked about this in the interview with Josh. We started this podcast. Um, if you are a fan of Star Wars, you'll like this. I was so torn in episode 8, I went and wrote a blog post about it. Connor was too, and I remember we were talking about it. I realized that writing blogs kind of sucks, and is really hard. So I was like, you know what would be better if we could just talk about it? And so we started a podcast. We both love movies, love TV, cinema, whatever you want to call it. And we love talking about it, sharing our opinions. If you like Marvel, this is a place for you. If you don't, you're going to have, <laughs> have a really hard time listening to our episodes. Um... Yeah, I mean, we just kind of talk about the movies that we've seen, whether those are new movies or old movies that we go back and watch, uh, talk about different things we're watching on television, whether that's Netflix or HBO or whatever. Like, I've, me, for instance, probably it may never come up on the podcast necessarily, but, like, I'm a huge Game of Thrones fan. Like, mm. I have especially recently have been uh, re-watching just, like, random episodes and stuff. Um, but, yeah, we I, I think this is, in a lot of ways, like a pop culture podcast. Absolutely. You know? I think, yeah, the biggest thing that you'll take away from this is that besides us going on really dumb tangents, which happens constantly, you, uh, I think the benefit is that you, you stay up to date. I mean, we talk about what's important, <laughs> maybe not what's important, but just what's happening currently. Yeah. Like, like today we're going to talk about something that's got me kind of fired up for no reason, the Sonic trailer and the fact that they're about to redo all of Sonic's and it, we'll get into yeah. that later. Uh, but yeah, we keep you up to date with what's going on in the movie world. Actually, you know what? Here's a great idea. I'm just going to splice in some great moments from past episodes that you can go back and listen to just to help you get a feel for the podcast. Shark Tale? Yes! <laughs> Dang. I mean, it was either things. Finding Nemo or Shark Tale. Or Finding Dory, but like... Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm okay with this. I almost said that. something that's maybe not appropriate for the podcast. So, yeah. Like Dory being thick. <laughs> inappropriate for the podcast. <laughs> Dory's not thick. Hot take, Dory thick. He's also the one that has said we're living inside a simulation. But I've said that too. I mean, like, you know, I think about it, it sometimes, <laughs> and that'd be pretty sweet, except, like, I want to see my skill bar, and I want to just <laughs> visualize how I'm leveling up in life. 
Got and, and I think we've actually talked about this <laughs> yeah. too because right now I think I'm deleveling. <laughs> right now, so how so? Oh, uh, you know, just life's tough, man. <laughs> That's Terminator. part of the reason Elon Musk is trying to get people to Mars. Right. This is like <laughs> robots are going to destroy humanity on Earth. We have to get to Mars. I'm serious. Actually, yes, I was reading an article about this the other day. <laughs> Maybe he is an alien. Maybe he's just trying to bait us into Mars. He's like, that's where I'm gonna. F- that's where I'm gonna eat them. That's also a really high possibility. Yeah, we'll cook him up there. I mean, Mars air is better. Well, there is none. But he- well, I got shut down. Oh well, <laughs> it's okay. Edit this out. Okay. You just gotta keep shooting your shot. Yeah, exactly. You know well, I, mean? I think I'm done shooting my shot now. Well, okay. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can shoot your shot another. Basket. That sounds awful. <laughs> I, I didn't mean for that to sound sexual. I just meant like you know the metaphor, and then it turned. So, uh, well, I tried. I shot my shot. Anyway, the movie is really, really good. But is it true? No, because Jar Jar Binks is the dumbest thing to come out of the prequels. Hey, hey. You're right. Yes, I am. <laughs> You're 100% right. I, I have nothing to say to that. Around this time last year, I was having conversations with my dad about starting to save up for a ring. And uh, RIP to that. <laughs> but he was like... He was like... We also had a really... We, did, we had a not long-lasting Nicolas Cage segment for a while. We did. That went That went okay. <laughs> We certainly did that. We did. Speaking of Nick Cage, Ghost Rider has just been announced for HBO. For HBO? Yeah. No, no not for HBO. Sorry. Hulu. Ah. Similar names. TV show? Yeah. TV show. It's going to be Marvel's first live action TV show Like that's coming next. Hmm. It's the guy. Do you ever watch Angels and of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Uh, I've seen a couple episodes in the first season, but is well, it the same guy that played Ghost Rider in like exactly. season three or whatever? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I never f- watched it or anything, but as I was reading about it, I saw it's the same guy that plays... Uh, doesn't matter. All we all we know is that we've got a new Ghost Rider coming up, and it's not Nick Cage. It's who? That's the the full circle. That's the connection I was making. Is that? Did you ever Nick see Cage. the sequel? No, there was a sequel. Yeah, there was a second one. I'm like ninety nine percent sure there was a second one. I know I saw it. If we're trying to bring back the Nick Cage segment anytime soon, that's I have the... no desire to watch Ghost Rider <laughs> or the sequel to Ghost Rider. Oh, uh, but it could be. None. It would be so. It's one of those things where it's like a movie that's so bad that it would be so good to watch. You know, <sighs> that's that's two hours of my life that I would never get back. True. Yeah. What a horrible way to waste that time. <laughs> Watching the sequel to early two thousands Ghost Rider. Was the first one supposed to be good? I don't know if I truly. I don't know if I ever saw it. I mean, I I saw it. I remember going to see it. I remember because I was young when it came out. Mm-hmm. I don't remember how old I was exactly. Probably. 10 or something somewhere around there but I remember my parents were like oh I don't know about this like <laughs> he makes a deal with the devil and I'm like oh okay alright <laughs> let's let's pump the brakes here it's just a superhero movie that is I guess kind of demonic but right. what a dumb movie uh, getting back on track yeah special episode interview with Josh Peck we've got our in game review coming up at the end of the episode uh, really the only movie news we'll talk about today um, I'll just run through some stuff we're not going to talk about Guardians 3 shooting in 2020 exciting super pumped for that but um, cool. just a you know little piece Endgame is at 1.66 billion worldwide right now please beat Avatar dude why is like have you thought about that in recent years like Avatar was cool why the hell is it the greatest Selling movie in, in box office history. Is it technology. Yeah, which it, like looking back now, effects. it's like it's not 
it's good. Right. Not great. But at the time, like, I saw Avatar, I think I've brought this up before, almost eight times in theaters. <laughs> you're the reason it's the leading, yeah. like, you're the it's reason the, James it's Cameron the mo- has it's that. It's the movie I've seen the most in theaters. Uh, I think Dark Knight Rises is after that. I saw that five times. Um, I don't know why I see so many. Those aren't two movies that people should see multiple times in the theater. That's all I'm going to say. But I did. But, like, yeah, Avatar at the time was just, like, crazy for what, what it was doing, yeah. the visual effects and everything. You're talking about not getting two hours of your life back to Ghost Rider 2. I know. Yeah, you saw Avatar yeah, eight times in theater. That's 24 hours of my life. That's never insane. Back. Yeah. Man. It's crazy. Let's get James Cameron up out of here, like, honestly. Endgame would be the perfect movie that it's, like, completely deserving of the box office yeah. top spot ever. Yeah. No, I, know? I agree. And I, I think it will. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure it will. I'm hopeful. Considering where it's at now, we're only a week. I'll go see it twenty or thirty times if I'm the one that has to push it <laughs> <Yeah>. to get there. <laughs> yeah, I haven't. I've only seen it twice, and I'm hoping to see it again with my dad soon. Yeah. So, anyways, that's another piece of news. All right, we're here. Josh Beck interview coming up next. Right after we're going into Endgame. Here we go. Hey, is this Josh? Yo, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing well, man. How are you? Good. Well, hey, Josh. This is Colby. I'm here with Connor Reese, and you are on Unbiased Film. Oh my gosh, wow, that was quick. <laughs> hey, we're right into it. Exactly. Oh, solid. Well, uh, thank you guys for making the time, and uh, and happy to be here. Absolutely. Well, hey, thanks for giving us the time. We know you're a, a new father, so I don't know how you have time between, you know, balancing the uh, the internet fame and, and having a kid. How's that been? Um, it's all good, man. I can't complain, but I, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I have a podcast as well, and so... I feel like for me, when someone's like down to clown and be on the pod, it, it means so much. So when you guys reached out, I was like, it's important for me to help another, a fellow podcaster. Absolutely. Well, hey, we love it. Uh, I guess we'll start at the beginning, jump in with the, well, I guess there's a beginning before this with the Amanda show, but looking at your career, let's start with the obvious. You start in one of the biggest, probably funniest shows of our respective childhoods. We grew up in the Drake and Josh era. So, first question I kind of had for you is, how did the creation of the show and your involvement take place? And and I remember reading a while ago that it kind of took a while for it to get picked up by Nickelodeon. What did that look like? Oh, you know, we, Drake and I were on the Amanda show, which sort of spun off Drake and Josh, uh, just because, you know, we had, luckily we had sort of a great chemistry. We loved working together and the creator of our show had also created other great Nickelodeon shows like Keenan and Kel and all that. So when Nickelodeon approached him asking for another buddy comedy, he, uh, you know, I think he saw an opportunity with Drake and I. So it's really dope. And, and, you know, it's always a trip for us because sort of, we stopped filming the show 12 years ago and it sort of had this entire other life. And so it's funny because when we made it and for the years after, it really wasn't kind of weirdly the, the phenomenon that it is now where it really touched a lot of people's lives. And it's incredibly cool, but it's just funny because when we were doing it, we were kind of like this little kid show that was for a specific audience and who knew that, you know, it would live on for, uh, for, for another decade. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's funny cause we still remember so many of the, the quotes and the moments from it, you know, the game sphere, uh, the Peruvian puff pepper running over Oprah, Drake's horrendous geography skills, uh, <laughs> the pool shark. I mean, did you have a feeling at the time for what a hit this would be? No, not at all. And and like I said, it it was popular, but it wasn't 
it wasn't close to what it is now. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's very much a trip. We were just kind of doing this great job that we were so lucky to have, but inevitably, you know, back then it was just kind of like, if you were on a kid's network, it was sort of like you were a specialty player. Like, we, you know, you were like the carnival people. And, you know, we didn't necessarily get like the same fanfare that you would if you were on like some big CBS show or something. But it, not that we needed it. It just was like uh, it, it was it was a sort of a specific thing. I mean, we were we were sharing time slots with Taina and Little Romeo. So it was uh, it was a different time. That's awesome. Hey, Josh, Connor Reese here. Okay, just a random question. Like, what is a crazy, stupid memory that you have from working on Drake and Josh? Just something out of the blue that just kind of sticks out. Oh, you know, uh, when we worked with a real-life baby who actually peed on us. (laughs) You know, uh, getting to meet my hero, Tony Hawk, when I was, like, 17, because he was down to do, like, a little guest star. And it was funny, I worked, or I was on a radio show on my buddy Jason Ellis's show a couple months ago and Tony walked in and you know it was like 15 years since and I look like a different human and he's like Josh good to see you and I was like oh my god the Birdman still knows me <laughs> that's amazing I'm so lucky big jealous well hey uh, I gotta ask what is your favorite all-time episode yeah I you know I, I like uh, I like the baby one and and all that stuff, and I'm trying to think of, yeah, that, you know, it, I, it's funny, I, I kind of like, I have like a soft spot for them all, um, like, uh, for, for different reasons, but what made you guys start the podcast? Oh, well, us is far, okay, I guess we're getting interviewed now. Um, I don't know how into Star Wars you are, but the podcast started from us seeing episode eight, uh, and not knowing how to feel about it at all. Uh, I'm assuming you've seen it, right? I have, yeah. Okay, yeah, so... It was like, grew up loving Star Wars, and so we, um, I, I felt so conflicted about, did I love it, did I hate it? I wanted to start something, so I wrote a blog, uh, like, you know, started a Wix website, whatever, started a blog, and then realized, oh my god, writing is really hard. You know what would be better? If I just recorded myself and posted online. Um, so, figured out podcasting was more of the route we wanted to go. Uh, you know, Connor and I are, uh, are Pledge Brothers from college, so reached out to him, and, um... He has an insane love for movies, so that, that's kind of how we started it. It's been, you know, movie reviews and just messing around for the most part. Yeah, it's a pretty uh, free-flowing podcast. It's it's also just a good way for Colby and I to hang out and get to talk about the things that we love. Yeah. And what, where did you guys go to school? So we went to Baylor uh, in Waco, Texas. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah. Solid. Are you guys from Texas? Oh, yeah. Houston and Connor's from Fort Worth. Yep. Uh, I was just in Houston at your airport recently. Beautiful airport. Thank George you. W. Bush Airport. Unbelievable. I feel I feel personally grateful that you love our airport. It's a good one. It was really, you know, I'm all about marquee airports, and there's some cities where you'd be surprised. Like Detroit, what an airport. <laughs> really? Outstanding. It's a Delta hub. I thought when you said Detroit, I was like, oh, it's going to be bad. That's interesting to know. Have you ever been to the Denver airport? I'm sure that I have. I imagine so, but not not recently. I haven't been lucky enough. Okay. Well, dude, when you get the chance, there's a ton of conspiracy theories about the Denver airport. Super interesting. Would be too wild of a tangent to go on now, though. Mm, I mean, I'm down to clown. I fly a lot um, just randomly, and I do a lot of college like speaking comedy gigs. So I found myself in a bunch of like, like I was recently in Des Moines, Iowa, and... Um, where 
else was I in Wisconsin? So I've I've, I've been definitely seeing some of our country's uh, most uh, beautiful airports. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, well, since this is a, a film podcast, technically, I have to ask: uh, What is your favorite movie? Or if you can't think of a favorite, what's something that you've seen recently that you really really liked? I think my favorite movie last year was. Um, the animated Spider-Man movie. Oh, let's Mine go. Too, yeah. Let's go. That was actually both of our best movie of the year. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was outstanding. Um, I, You know, my favorite movie, I have a few favorites, Basquiat, uh, Searching for Bobby Fischer, Fresh, uh, Fair and Loathing in Las Vegas. Have Ooh. you seen any of those? Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, absolutely. Yeah, I, I've, yeah got, I've never even heard of some of the some others, of honestly. Um, what? Who is it that, is it Tobey Maguire that has the really ridiculous... Hair in that movie? In F- Fear and Loathing? Yeah. Yes, and he's, um, is it, is it Tobey Maguire? Yeah, well, remember, because it's, uh, is it, who is it? It's Johnny Depp, and, and who is this? The... Benicio. Right, right, right. And there's a part where they pick up Tobey Maguire. Exactly, yeah, he's blonde. Right, yeah, and I, and I remember there was, like, the reason for the hair was some, something contractual that, oh, no, here it is. The hair is actually CGI'd, that blonde hair. No way. Yeah. I don't I don't remember where I read that recently, but it was something on like, it was one of those, you know, top 10 best worst CGIs. And, and that was one of them was you can't even tell it, but his blonde hair is CGI for the entire movie. God, thank God for technology. Well, hey, <laughs> speaking of which, so you've in recent years made a transition or, or kind of added to your resume, the repositioning of yourself and taking Vine, YouTube, social medias by storm. Uh, what What's your evolution as a content creator been like? It's just been me sort of embracing the new forms of entertainment. Uh, you know, I was really lucky when I finished Drake and Josh. I did this movie that won Sundance called The Wackness and Red Dawn and this movie with Pacino called Danny Collins. And so, I, and then I did the show Grandfathered for, for a season, which is very canceled, but was very fun um, with John <laughs> Stamos. And so I kind of, I've been lucky enough to, to be in sort of the traditional world and then embracing the social side just seemed inevitable also because it was sort of this way to affect a large audience um and also be able to support myself without necessarily having to do like you know for most actors in between gigs you wind up doing maybe some crappy horror movie or whatever just to pay your bills and so this (laughs) felt much more like i could be local create what I wanted to create and also go direct to my audience. So, you know, it's like, you're always sort of fighting that the new media doesn't necessarily have that cool cachet that the older traditional media has. But I think every day it's that, that sort of um, mentality is, is fading more and more. Absolutely. Well, yeah, it's been cool to see the evolution of your career. Connor, you got anything else? I, I have one major question. What sure. are, what are your thoughts on Avengers Endgame? Uh, I thought it was quite good, and and I'll be honest, like I'm not the craziest like action movie guy. I enjoy them, but when I see the level of fandom for these movies, I know that I'm like a mere mortal. <laughs> but I, I really, I, I just think like it's just insane. It's insane to watch the Marvel machine and and see how they got it so right. Yeah. Um, because what, from what I could tell, every fan walked away feeling like completely fulfilled. It, it was so well done. And, you know, for me, I feel like with those kind of movies, you can always satisfy having the insane CGI, you know, action scenes or like some great 
um, super fan moments, but if you can also get like comedy and drama and heart, you, you know, it, it's, it's a tall order and it's really hard. And I think they, they over delivered with this one. Yeah. 100%. I would agree. 10 years in the making. It's wild. Yeah. That's so crazy. And yeah, all, I mean, all of them are, uh, I mean, you know, you, you, you think Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth are happy? No, I'm sure they're very happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, hey, last question for me. So the world has heard rumors of you and Drake teaming up to do something or other. Is there anything you can tell us about what's coming next from y'all? Uh, no. <laughs> I thought That's so. That's <laughs> fair is fair. Fair is very fair. Man, I mean, okay, so on a, on a personal level, how, how often do y'all keep up? Like, what's the friendship like behind the scenes? Oh, everything is great. We're, we're good buddies, and we've been so lucky to have this 20-year relationship. And, yeah, I mean... Uh, it's very cool, and, and I, I, I know how excited he was when Max was born, and it's been, uh, and it's great to see all his success and him tour the world, and, you know, I feel like I've always secretly thought that, like, acting was sort of, like, Drake's great second job, but his true love is music, so whenever I get to see him do that is... It, you know, it makes me happy. It's cool. You know, we have we've had a very specific experience in in life. That or, or I'm sorry, like yeah, like uh, I don't I don't know. It's only he and I can truly understand what it's been like. So it's it's always great when we get together. Hey, what's the um, what's Baylor's team? What's your mascot? Oh, the Baylor Bears. All right, go Bears. Solid. <laughs> go Bears. That's perfect. Well, hey Josh, thanks for coming on so much. We appreciate it. Um, Thank you guys. Yeah, 100%. We'll send you a little graphic with you and us on it, um, something you can post on your story. But yeah, we we appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. Cool. Thank you guys so much. Try to get a current picture of me if that's possible. <laughs> 100%. We will absolutely get a current picture of you. We love it. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Good talking to you. Best of luck, guys. Thank you. All right. Bye. You as well. Bye. All right. We're back. That was fun. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> cool dude uh great dude i like how we're talking like we just talked to him when that was like two days ago yeah oh man the magic of editing the magic of editing yeah we totally fooled you guys um what's next we talked about getting james cameron out of here in game in game i think we got everything else yeah we're talking in game now uh we'll do a spoiler free review not that to be honest with you it doesn't even need it because if you haven't seen it yet yeah we don't even need to do a spoiler free review well here's my spoiler free review it was really good yeah it's mine you should go see this movie. Sweet. If you don't, you're doing yourself a disservice. And the whole world. And the whole world. Because less people can talk about it. And we got to get Avatar out of the box office. Number Way one Way out of here. So go see Indian. It was a cool movie when I was 13. So when that came out? Yeah, 2009. I think so. Did I guess that right? I think so. I was 13. I was in seventh grade. I'd be six. Damn. I'm a math genius. Nice. Math. I'm actually horrible at math. Uh, anyways, we're getting into Avengers Endgame. Nine years so, ago, I was 13. Is that true? 22, yeah. Ho, 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 ho. Dude, time flies. I just had my last college class today. Yeah, I had mine yesterday. We're... Weird. Before we get into spoilers, we're about to graduate college, which is... Exciting. It is. It is exciting, yeah. I was... uh, Quick tangent. I was on on the phone with my mother right Mm -hmm. before I came over here, and I was like, so many things are coming to an end for me right now. Mm. College is ending. Sad, but exciting. First 10 years of the MCU ending. Yeah. It's kind of 11 years, whatever ending game of thrones ending there's just too many endings Damn. yeah but i guess that means we can look forward to beginnings yes 
I don't know what beginnings. Yeah, me neither. I guess you're starting a job. I don't yeah. have a job yet. I guess our lives are basically over. Pretty much. Yeah. It's all downhill from here. Um, Says the guy getting married. That's true. Oh, yeah. I haven't talked about Colby's that. Colby's engaged. Yeah, I got engaged. Uh, no, it was actually amazing. Like, we were in Costa Rica. Uh, I was sick for five days with the flu up until, the like, noon the day that we were going to get engaged. Um, Brutal. Yeah. But I kept it... Hey, I kept it under wraps. Like, I had been planning this since... La- like August of 2018, we got we got engaged in March. Uh, kept it under wraps the entire time. She had no idea until the day of. Because one, I'm like, we're out on the beach and I'm just like dying. I'm like sweating, fever. I'm like, oh, I gotta find a spot for us to get engaged. <laughs> and like, well, because we had a friend there that was gonna, you know, or two friends that were taking, uh, you know, pictures of the whole thing. They're mm-hmm. professional photographers. So I like pointed out a spot to them and like went and heaved for a while after I like got off the beach and back to the hotel. Uh, and you know, what's crazy. Like I sat, this is my first time to ever do this. I sat in a sauna for like a solid 30 minutes, just like sweat everything out. And I felt great after that. That's awesome. For like a solid six hours. And then I had yeah. two sinus in, or a sinus infection and two ear infections oh. by the time I got back to the U S so I was, but Hey, there was like a six hour solid window where it was just great. Everything bliss. Um, yeah. So it engagement was awesome. So end game, end game. <laughs> We're here in end game. Um, We're in the end game now. Uh, boo. <laughs> Dr. Uh, Strange is my fave. Dr. Strange is the man. Not my fave, but he is the man. Um, what like what is there to say about it that hasn't already been said? We're gonna walk through the movie, it, specifically for the reason that because it's the three hour movie, it's hard to remember the order of, that things happen. It is so long, but when you're in theaters, it, it doesn't. It feels like five minutes. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Top top level of like order of events, I think, or really just like structure. The whole first like forty five minutes to an hour is just. Essentially, the five years later stuff. I guess the first, like, yeah. 20 minutes is them going to the planet where Thanos is and mm-hmm. chopping his head off. Which, unexpected. You know, to just kill off present-day Thanos that right. quickly. Um, what do you think about that? Dude. The, okay, there's so many different parts of this movie I feel like we'll have to dissect. And some we'll probably leave out. I This movie, from a top-down perspective, was just Joe and Anthony Russo taking emotional baseball bats and just bashing me in the face repeatedly until I was hospitalized. Like, that's what the movie was. As well as nursing me back to health with, like, the coolest action of all time. Yeah. Um, this movie, I so I give it a 9.5 out of 10. The only reason it's the .5 and not just a 10 out of 10 is if I was to look at it as a standalone movie. As a standalone movie, I don't think it's as good as Infinity War. I think Infinity War is, like... And I think it's a fair take because I still absolutely love this movie. Like, this movie made me feel the, the the strangest rush of emotions of, like, this is badass, I want to ball my eyes out, like, all of this at the same time. Yeah. You know? Whole movie's entertaining. It felt like, it felt like literally maybe I was watching it for an hour, and it's three hours long. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. It's the quickest three-hour movie I've ever seen. Absolutely. Because, like... I, I really enjoy long movies. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's why I like... Honestly, it's kind of why I like Game of Thrones and just like 10 episodes. Each episode is essentially an hour and it, you can just tell a nice, meaty story with that time. Yeah. Or at least most of the time. Not every movie uses their three hours wisely. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dark Knight Rises. But <laughs> in-game, just 
the pacing for me was near perfect. Everything I, I, was necessary. I, yeah, you know? I was never bored. I was never like, all right, we're taking too much time with this. Mm-hmm. Like even in the beginning, when it's after they kill Thanos, and then there's that surprising five year jump, right? And it's just really, really sad. And we're just gonna sit with these characters, mostly the original Avengers. And see how they're dealing with and processing everything. Yeah. And even that, I was like, I'm here for this. Yeah, no, absolutely. You just get to be depressed for a good hour and like... But, I mean, the, the important thing is you just get to understand what they're going through. Yeah. With like, ever, all their friends are dead. Yeah. We even, you know, we get to kind of see They're like, pushed to the edge. Not only just uh, sort of the main, you know, core Avengers dealing with it, but we, we get to see a little bit of how the world is mm-hmm. kind of dealing with that. And that's shown through those shots of all the derelict ships in the harbor of New York. Yeah. The empty... You know, stadium uh, in New York. Thank God the Mets are gone. (laughs) Yeah, but even that scene with Cap and the the support group. And, you know, you have uh, Joe Russo cameoing and talking about the date that he went on. Right. And how, you know, uh, the guy he was with cried when the salad came and he cried when dessert came. And it's just like, you don't really think about it that much, I guess, of like, what would the world be like if 50% of the people on planet Earth were gone. Yeah. Unreal. Infrastructure would collapse. I That's, mean, yeah. It, it, in the, and I think the movie kind of shows that, of just like, nothing's really happening. Mm-hmm. Everything's just kind of on pause. Right. And how do you go, from, you know, where do you go from there? Right, like if the world went from six or seven billion, whatever we're at, people to three or three and a half billion, like that is, like you said, everything would be undone, basically. Governments, everything. Like businesses, everything. Yeah. So... Yeah, it was cool to see just kind of, like, people were still living and continuing on with their lives, but, like, things were abandoned. Like, the world would be in chaos after that, you know? Yeah, and I think it's cool that, you know, in Infinity War, Thanos is really the protagonist of that movie. It's it's about his journey and kind of his story. Um, and you identify with him a little bit. You understand, you know, sort of, even though he is the mad titan, you kind of get what he's saying of like, right. yeah, overpopulation is, a, you know, a bad thing. It's a real problem. Like, mm-hmm. I see how murdering trillions of people in the universe and living things in the universe would essentially balance things out so that we would have an abundance of resources and everything. I'm calling the police. But, but... <laughs> But what Endgame does is it actually shows you those effects of, like, this is what Thanos wasn't seeing. Yeah. And that's what we get later in the movie in the time jump where he's like, oh, I I did it. Mm -hmm. I got the stones and I I did what I set out to do. Yeah. And this is how it went wrong. Oh, yeah. And we'll we'll talk about it later. But this movie, as opposed to Infinity War, Infinity War, you understand him because he's also just, like, makes himself understand it. Like, he... When he beats up Iron Man, or really any of the people that he faces, like he tries to sympathize with them, you know. Um, you know, he tells he tells Tony, like, "I hope the people of Earth remember you," things like that. Um, but yeah, I okay. Back again. Overall, this movie was amazing. I I think it was the perfect. They didn't get they didn't get everything perfect, but it was for me the best crafted. That I'm just so happy with how it turned out. Yeah. It was a great ending to the first 11 years of Marvel, you know, and I think set up just some really cool things to come. We got Spider-Man coming in July, which I know we're both extremely p- hyped about. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, let's, just because there's so much to talk about, let's go kind of moment by moment throughout the movie. Um, so we start off, beginning of the movie, something you kind of already knew was going to happen. So I think 
lost its emotional weight a, l- a little bit was still really like a cool moment. Great acting from Jeremy Renner. You see Barton just out with his family, you know, shooting arrows with his daughter. His wife's making food um, at like their picnic table, and then they just disappear in an instant. Yeah. And before this movie, you don't really know if his whole family disappears or not. But you know that he's going to be left, right? Because you hear, well, he's going to be Ronan. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's he's just on his own. Yeah. You know, that's that's it. You know, uh, so that's how the movie opens. I mean, what do you think of the opening? I liked this scene. Uh, it didn't hit me necessarily mm-hmm. emotionally because I thought it was just obvious. You know, like when we were sitting there, you and I were in the same theater. Essentially, Clint like. Is looking at one thing, diverts his attention one way, looks back, and his daughter's gone, and then he turns around and sees his whole family's gone, and all you see is kind of like the dust and the ash from right. the snap fading away. And the whole theater was just like, oh, and I was like, why are y'all even doing, like, yeah, duh. Yeah. As soon as we open with the scene, that's how it was going to go. So like that scene almost, I don't want to say it bothered me. It was just, it was just like very on the nose for me. So like it mm-hmm. didn't, it didn't you know, pull on my emotional heartstrings personally. Yeah. Cause I was just like, yeah, it makes sense. Still thought it was a great scene. Yeah. Um, it just didn't like get to me or anything mm-hmm. like that. Like it some, did some people, I think. I no. Know. Yeah. It didn't, I don't think it got to me either. Uh, but then the rest of the movie did for literally three hours straight. So yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and we'll talk about theater experiences. I, I want to mention in a little bit, cause I had maybe the most socially inept person, uh, n- like two people down from me that, Oh, what close, else? Close to ruining it. Yeah, you know? honestly, I was yeah. like, I, dude, this is such a big moment for everyone here. Like, why are you laughing at sad things? Like, it doesn't yeah. make any sense. Yeah, I hate that. Ugh. Anyway, okay, not to get negative. We'll move to the next part. Uh, so you have the to the to the credits or the opening credits roll in the Avengers. That's when you get the Marvel Studios logo. Yes, Marvel Studios logo. Then we sh- jump to Tony. Tony's in space. He's stranded with Nebula. Um, and honestly, I thought some people didn't like this. I love that they kind of humanize Nebula. You get to see, it gives her character more depth when you see like, she doesn't understand social cues or really any like relationships because she's been this person that's so dedicated to Thanos for her entire life, you know, trying to please him and, and be this great warrior for him and like being modified in all these, you know, ways. So I, I really enjoyed that part. I enjoyed that part. I, I enjoyed Nebula more in this movie than I've ever enjoyed Nebula. Oh, absolutely. And I feel like a lot of people might say the same thing because I'm just never... I'm not a huge Guardians guy either, so like her journey in those movies just never really did a ton for me, but mm-hmm. I really, really liked her pretty much the entire time yeah. in Endgame and what she was going through and like her arc. So And with this scene specifically, yeah, it was just nice. Um, nice. Strange way to put it. Mm-hmm. Emotional. Right. Um, you know, after after Tony like talks to Pepper or records the video for Pepper and then you see them like kinda like sharing food and you know, she like gives him uh, you know, her portion and everything. It's just it was sweet. Yeah. It was sweet. Yeah. Hmm. Taking me emotional right now thinking about it. Uh so anyways, Captain Marvel shows up. Um <laughs> Connor's rolled his eyes. Um uh, it makes sense that she found them, though, because at the end of Captain Marvel, the post credit scene is her meeting the Avengers for the first time, which is something that you have to know going into this. So the assumption is that they tell her to go look for Tony, right. and then she does, and finds him, <clears throat> and brings him back to Earth. 
So they come back to Earth. They meet up at the what is it called? The Avengers? It's not the, the Avengers tower facility. The Avengers complex. The Avengers yeah. conglomerate. I just said facility. The Avengers facility. The AF. The AF. Yeah. Hey, I don't hate it. Yeah, pretty good. So they meet up at the AF, and uh, <clears throat> you have a really, really just hard to probably one of the hardest scenes to watch in the entire movie of Tony and Cap's dialogue, where he's saying, you know. Cap's very ready to move on to, like, let's find this guy. What what intel do you have? And Tony's like, dude, we're, we just got... Yeah, we lost. We got boned by a purple man. Like, <laughs> yeah. It, we got destroyed. Like, this is it. It's over. We're, like, we lost. Yeah. Cap wants to keep going. Tony's like, no, like, we're done. It's mm-hmm. over. Yeah. He, he rips off, you know, the nanotech thing that had it, held his Iron Man suit and hands it to Cap. Yeah. I, I loved all of this. Mm-hmm. Because it was both, yeah, they're, they're, you know, this is essentially, this is Steve and Tony's reunion after Civil War. It was the first time they've seen each other. Right. We, we assume, you know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like, it's, it's brutal. Because you see, it's to you, watch. you see Cap, you see Steve Rogers, Chris Evans, understanding what Tony's going through and just mm-hmm. kind of letting it happen. Yeah. You know, and I, I think that's like really cool. Just like, kind of being the bigger man, he's right. not going to fight back. Like, this dude's just been through hell. Like, we all have, obviously, but. He got it pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, almost died out there. Like, yeah. Um, it was a really powerful scene. And mm-hmm. Tony just collapses. Yeah. Tony's super tired, really skinny. Uh, looked like me in early high school, you know. <laughs> now I thought they did a great job of, you know, making him look super frail and thin yeah. and everything. Yeah. Again, like me in early high school. Now I'm a thick boy. You're a thick boy? Two C's? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so Tony collapses. He goes into some sort of rehabilitation, and then it jumps completely away from the Avengers, or at least those Avengers, to Scott Lang. So we get Scott Lang. Before that, they go and get Thanos. Oh, is that what happens? Uh-huh. Oh, well, because remember, Scott comes back, and it's five years later. Uh, so they go find Thanos. And it's, to be honest, that was one of the weirder scenes in the movie for me. Like, just seeing kind of shriveled Thanos, and I saw, I saw some people online, like, or people were, like, kind of laughing, because it's like... The, people were laughing at the part where he was like picking fruits and stuff, and it was like, "Well, I mean, he has to eat." Yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't think there was anything wrong with this. No, yeah, and you see, um, it was an interesting scene though. You see his arm shriveled away, and the the Infinity Gauntlet's like welded to his hand and like fried. Yeah, and so he's you know trying to heal himself basically, and he looks pretty like, frail on one half of his body because he used the Infinity Stones to destroy the Infinity Stones so that there wouldn't be any chance of people going back. Obviously, there is. And reversing what he's done. Yeah. Wiping out half a life. It says the only purpose they served was temptation. Mm. Which was I thought was a cool line. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Of like, he's still kind of this... He, he still, like, sees himself as, like, a, a god or something. You right. know? Like, the only purpose they served was temptation. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. It's an interesting mm. line. But yeah, then you know they they Hulkbuster comes out of the ground from his hut, grabs him. Captain Marvel swoops in, everybody jumps in, uh, and they hold him down in a very similar way that uh, when they were on Titan, right? And Tony and Doctor Strange and the Guardians were fighting him. How they held him down. Thor immediately chops his arm off that had the Infinity Gauntlet yeah. on it. That's when I knew that he was going to die because I was like, it doesn't make sense. One, we see a fully healed Thanos later, so I was like, yeah. 
that at that moment it's like he's already dead. And then he has the line, um, a pretty cool line where he just says, I am inevitable. Yeah. Um, which alludes to basically 2014 Thanos coming back later. Um, and Thor chops his head off. And it's that's the end of that scene. And it's cool because before, even before that, you see Thor's really, really blaming himself for everything. Yeah. Because he yeah, hit him in the head. chest with the Stormbreaker and not in the head. And I think I think it's Cap or somebody, maybe maybe nah, might be War Machine. I don't know. Somebody has the line and it's to Rocket. Thor. Is it Rocket? Mm-hmm. I'm just like, what did you do? It's oh like, no no no! Sorry, that was a. Uh, who was that? I don't. I, it might have been Cap. I I I'm not I'm not sure. But somebody mm-hmm. says like, what did you do? And he's like, mm-hmm. I went for the head. Oh, I thought you meant. Uh, at the end of at the end of Infinity War, oh, no, anyways, yeah. So someone says, "What did you do?" He went for the head, and then we move on to the next scene, which is Ant Man. Yeah, five years later. So, dude, honestly, have never been a huge fan of Ant Man. The comedy highlight of this movie is Ant. Like he is so funny. Yeah, Scott Lang was the majority of the comic relief. Paul so Rudd did an incredible like, job. Unreal. So he has been stuck in the quantum realm this whole time for the past five years since the Thanos snap happened. But for him, it was five hours. Mm, yeah. Time. Ooh, Ooh yeah. Dark elves. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I love that part. I love Great line. that part. Uh, so Scott Lang jumps out. He's in this like storage facility where his van had been impounded or something. Um, and so he gets out, and you kind of get to see him in the same position as we are, figuring out there's been a five-year time jump. What the hell's going on yeah. to, like, on the world, in right. the Earth? Um, so you see him walking around. He comes to this kind of monument thing, looks for his name, and sees that, like, people think he's dead, and then goes and sees his daughter, right? That was his daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so goes and visits his daughter, and then heads to Avengers facility, the AF. Yep. And there you have, like, one of the funnier moments where he's, like, trying to explain that he thinks that there's a way that they can go back in time mm-hmm. because of how time worked in the quantum realm. And he's like, is anyone eating that sandwich? And he's like, just goes and starts eating it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he that's a really cool moment where you have, like, the first ray of hope. Because right before that, you see Natasha basically trying to keep any sort of faith that there's, like, any reason of continuing. Mm-hmm. She, you know, talks with, uh, I think it's, like, War Machine, Rocket, Captain Marvel, and... Um, Okoye. Yeah, Okoye. And, um, yeah, then Scott Lang enters a picture after Cap comes in and kind of, like, says some funny things. And then you have the plot of the movie moving forward, which is, we're going to try and figure out a way for time travel to work. Yeah, so they go and visit Tony. Tony has a daughter! Mm. She's so cute. She's so cute. Oh. Morgan. What do you think about Tony having a kid? I loved it. I thought it was great. Like, it's it's such a 360, well, 180 is the right word, uh, from, like, when you look back at him in Iron Man 1 and just, oh, like, yeah. what a player he was. And, like, that was really raunchy when you look back yeah. at it. Oh, like, yeah. Tony was a You see him going ball. to town with that reporter chick. Yeah. And then there's, like, the stripper poles on his jet. Uh-huh. Um, what he's a sleazeball. He's, <laughs> he's a changed man. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, he's got a daughter. Um, I thought they picked a great little actress for the daughter. Um, all of the dialogue was great. Oh yeah, and she was super funny. Uh, I just love how quick witted Tony is. Like you just get to see that play out with like him being a dad, yeah. which is funny. He's like, "I'm gonna sell all your toys, go to bed." You know, when he, He's like, "I'm totally saying that to my daughter, yeah, or son, if I ever have one." So, Cap, Natasha, and Scott. Mm-hmm. I think it's just those three. Show up to Tony's house, tell him like, "Hey, there might be a way for this to work," and Tony's. Just kind of like, 
one doesn't guys. doesn't really believe that in a, in a sense right. of like all right time travel like he, there's so many things that you go wrong mm-hmm. with this you don't understand the science like I've got all this now like please like essentially like you can stay for lunch and we can talk about other things yeah. or you can leave I thought <laughs> looking back on it it was kind of rude for them they they didn't even stay for lunch. He was like, we don't have to talk, but I'd like, love to yeah, see you guys. Table set like, for six. Yeah. yeah. And, and I like, thought, I was like, why wouldn't you just stay? Yeah, just like, like stay and eat. Catch up a little bit. Yeah. Maybe you can convince him through blunt, you know? Yeah. But How in the meantime, they go off and look for, or they go off and look for Bruce Banner. Yep. Next scene is Professor Hulk. Yeah. Hilarious scene. What did you think of the introduction of him? Um, I, I it was good. I, I liked that scene. I thought it was mm-hmm. funny. Um, it was, you know. It's definitely like shock value of like, oh, I was not expecting that. Right. Uh, that's one thing from this movie. It's not really a, a criticism, I guess, just a nitpick. Of, I, I wish we still had a moment at some point in this movie where we mm. got Hulk Hulk. Yeah. For Bruce to just like Hulk out on something. Because we just don't really get that in mm-hmm. this movie, you know? Um, but yeah, still like this scene, like this character, the whole... You want to you picture me? I'm Ant-Man. That whole thing. That was so funny. Take, so, take, take, take the goddamn phone. Yeah, so funny. Perfect. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> uh, so they tell him the plan. He he agrees, even though it's not really his area of expertise. They go and they try to, uh, which I thought was a fun and funny moment. They try to figure out time travel. doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And Tony figures it out within like a night. He's like, yeah, I'll just run some tests. Maybe it'll work out. I, I have a feeling that... Tony figuring out was more than a night. Yeah. It just feels that way for right. us as the audience. Um, but I bet he'd been working on it for, cause we don't really know the yeah. passage of time necessarily. Well, it's um, great. It's like how Tony always figures everything out is like, he's just running some tests and then it just ends up working. You know? Right. Well, and you know, like, yeah, obviously Tony is incredibly smart, probably the smartest person like on planet earth at this moment, mm-hmm. especially since half the people are now gone. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like Friday's really doing most of the work there. Yeah. Um, and I just think that's cool that, it shows how smart Tony is that he was able to build this advanced of an artificial intelligence yeah. that could solve time travel. You know, it's just, it's awesome. And he has yeah. that great line where, you know, he's running the test and it happens and he's just like, shit. Yeah. Shit. Like, and then the daughter, shit. Yeah. And he's like, that's your mother's word. She made that up. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. And then you have a super emotional moment between them. He goes to Pepper. And I think what's one of the best scenes in the movie is just them talking about, he was like, I just want to like put this in a box and, yeah. Let it sink to the bottom of the ocean. I don't want to think about it anymore. Like, I can stop right now. And she's like, well, but will you be able to rest? And I'm like, ooh, yeah. Oh, Hell yeah. What a line that <laughs> obviously comes back oh. at the very end. And it's just like, oh, yeah. my God. See, I don't know. Unless you're not a Marvel fan, I don't know how you could hate this movie. And we're, we're only like an hour into it at this so, point. So, like, talking to Ben about it, who... Mm-hmm. I didn't realize this. He hasn't seen... He's never seen The Avengers. You're kidding me. Right. He's never seen a bunch of... He's not really a superhero movie guy. Right. Um, so he hasn't seen, like, all the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. He hasn't seen any of the cat movies except the first one. Like, just doesn't have that history and all that knowledge. And so, like, he wasn't as... He loved Endgame. Thought it was awesome. Didn't like it as much as Infinity War, because Infinity War stands alone a lot easier. Mm-hmm. You still have a ton of characters interacting and everything in Infinity War, but... You're not having all the same callbacks and everything that you get in game, right. and that's why you know that movie works on such an incredible level for not even diehard fans, but just fans. If you've mm-hmm. seen all the movies, you're going to catch most of the references. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and if you haven't seen all the movies, they bring up Thor two in this. Oh movie. yeah, that's a so big funny. part of this movie, and that is Ooh. mostly <laughs> considered like the worst. Oh, it's of the MCU movies, and I don't think Thor two is like terrible. I really don't. Mm. It, I, I don't. I don't think it's a bad movie. Mm-hmm. I think 
there's some dumb parts in it, but like I still think it's a fun, entertaining Marvel movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's got some great Loki stuff in yeah. there. Um, and they make that a big chunk of this movie when they For do sure. their time heist. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what else happens? Okay, so moving on from that, Tony figures out time travel, and he goes and goes and sees the Avengers and is like, all right, we're going to do this. I figured it out. So they construct a time travel machine, um, and you have some them kind of going to find all the different people. They go and find Thor, who's super fat now. Uh, fat Thor? Yeah, Fat Thor. It was a little surprise. It was it was surprising, and I was okay with it. A lot of people weren't, but that was okay. Hated it at first. Mm-hmm. And then five minutes later, I was like, nah, I'm fine. Yeah. Very yeah. good. Yeah, and he was great comic relief. Yeah. Um, they go and find, and, and probably the most badass scene in the movie, they go and find uh, Clint in, or Romanov goes to find Clint in Japan, and he's just like, you have that one long shot of him moving through the building, just yeah. like... Oh, so cool. Just wrecking up some Yakuza dudes. Yeah, and Connor and I both said when we left the theater, we're like, we need a movie of like just him as Ronin. Like, yeah. so cool. Give me a Ronin movie. Absolutely. Uh, so they recruit him, um, and then they have uh, Clint, basically, because you see that he's like this guy that's like got nothing to lose now. He does the first test run of time travel and, and goes back in time to his house hears his uh, daughter's voice and sees that it works. Mm. So they all come together. They've got everyone that's going to be a part of their team now. Um, and they devise a plan to go and find the stones. So, and, and all throughout this, you just have like such amazing comic relief from Paul Rudd in, in a large part. They're like, um, and what I think was a really smart move, they go back and deconfirm what, how time travel doesn't work in this movie by yeah. listing out like <laughs> basically every time travel movie yeah. in existence. They're like, yeah, this movie's, like this movie is fake. This time travel. This movie is fake. This this. Yeah, we're not we're not playing by the Back to the Future rules, which I yeah. think is really smart in this movie. Mm-hmm. And people are still getting hung up on. And I'm, I'm part of that group of people still getting hung up on like time travel inconsistencies and loopholes right. and things like that. But I think if you just look at the movie, they are essentially saying like everything you think about time travel is pretty much wrong. Yeah. Just, yeah. we have our own rules here. Mm-hmm. Go with it. And yeah. for me, I was like, okay. Yeah. I was like, if you're going to address it, I'm cool with it. Yeah. You know, cause it's not like that's what this movie is about. Right. It's about the Avengers, you yeah. know, and them going on a mission to save their friends. Also want to point out that we called it super early, probably last year that this was going to be a heist movie. Mm-hmm. We're smart. We're that was pretty cool. Heck. Yeah. We were really smart. I was thinking about that last yeah. weekend. I texted you. I was like, dude, turned out to be a heist movie. <laughs> Kudos to us. We are awesome. Uh, then they go back in time. Oh, before that, they devise a plan. Um, and you have some really great <laughs> moments. That's where the Thor moment of him talking about the Dark Elves is. Mm-hmm. Um, but they basically figure out where is the uh, fewest amount of places that we can all go to so that we can stay together in like distinct teams to get all the stones. Um, so you have, <clears throat> and I wrote it down. You've got Banner, Steve, Scott, and Tony go to 2012 to get the time, mind, and space stones. Mm-hmm. Um, and such, like, that, let's just talk about that alone, because it jumps around a lot. Um, that whole thing was my favorite. Like, it was so cool. Seeing them go back to 2012, the, you know, the Battle of New York. The first shot we get is, like, oh, the hero shot. Yes, oh, dude. So and, good. I mean, what I truly loved about this is that they would add to the movies yeah. by having almost like behind the scenes quote unquote stuff where it's like you see Hulk going and like smashing the same T'Chari like 40 times mm-hmm. and um, y- you have like the moment after uh, Loki's like if it's okay with you I'll have that drink now and yeah. then Tony's like alright everyone stop posing we got work to do and like 
he mimics Cap when Cap's like going and searching. We're kind of, I don't know whatever he yeah, says, yeah, but yeah. Um, who talks like that? And like throughout all this, Ant Man's just being hilarious. He's like, what is the line where he's like, "Flick me." The line where he's like, "I am now inside of you." Yeah. <laughs> but one of the best lines in the movie, as far as I'm concerned, that's America's ass. Oh yeah. Yeah, and then later he's like talking to Cap and he's like, Captain Steve, America, Roger, Rogers. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Captain Steve, America, Rogers. But anyways, I mean, that that is one of my favorite parts in the entire movie. Um, and it's a lot to track because you're jumping back and forth in different time uh, parts. But just like how Cap fights himself, how he gets the Loki scepter by saying the whole Hail Hydra thing. Mm-hmm. I loved another, another Paul Red line. I'm, I, he was so great is when he's like, you didn't know they were Hydra? Like, they look like bad guys. Yeah. Like, how did you not know this? Which yeah. is really true. Like, they're a super villainous-looking uh, special team, whatever mm-hmm. they're called. Uh, Bone Crusher and all them. Um, so, they retrieve the Scepter, and Th- uh, Hulk goes and gets the Time Stone, and they lose a Space Stone because, uh, like, in the middle of their plan, um, Tony gets hit by Hulk running down the stairs and, like, Throws open the door. The the uh, space stone just kind of falls out at Loki's feet, and he grabs it and disappears. Yeah. So now they have to go back to 1970, Cap and um, and Tony do, and you get this super cool moment where they go to the kind of shield base, and Tony gets to hang out with Howard Stark. And yeah. he never got to tell his dad bye originally, so it was this like really special moment of just like getting to understand a little bit more of why his dad was the way that he was. You know, his kind of fears behind having a child. I think you like. Because Howard Stark, although you have the cool moment in Iron Man 2 where he's like, you, all, you always will and be my greatest invention. Besides that, he's kind of a dick, you know? Mm-hmm. Like he's And so to humanize him and see him as like, yeah, he's super flawed, but like he cared about Tony a yeah. lot and was afraid of like being a father because he knew of his flaws. Yeah. Um, super cool, super powerful. Um, they get the stone and they go back. Uh, jump ahead to War Machine and Nebula. They go to the get the power stone. You have a really funny moment where you hear... Uh, this is Guardians 1 time, 2014. You have a really funny moment where you hear uh, Star-Lord just, like, singing when he's going to get the, the Power Stone. Mm-hmm. He's just, like, really super off-tune. Yeah. Because like, he's wearing headphones. You don't really think about it. Yeah. You know? um, so they grab the Power Stone. And then do you want to talk about... Or, sorry, they grab the Power Stone. And then this is a critical part where because Nebula and... Future Nebula and past Nebula share the same neural network... Mm-hmm. Uh, Thanos basically gets this like projection of uh, from old Nebula that's of new Nebula talking to War Machine, um, and it's all about their plan to go get the stone. And so Thanos basically takes like a couple hours to just sit there and watch all of what had happened. Mm-hmm. You know, after War Machine returns with the Power Stone. Uh, do you want to talk about what happens on um, Vormir? Yeah, so uh, on Vormir we got uh, Black Widow and Hawkeye headed to get the Soul Stone. Um, they get there, essentially learn that a sacrifice must be made. Um, and, you know, that's, like, confirmed, I guess, or their suspicions are confirmed when, you know, Natasha's like, well, like, you know, she said that Thanos' daughter didn't come back from here and he came back with the Soul Stone. So then they fight mm-hmm. each other in a somewhat friendly manner of who's going to get to kill themselves. Uh, which was really an emotional and, and pretty powerful oh, yeah. scene, because uh, you think it's going to be Hawkeye because mm-hmm. he's you know essentially has nothing <clears throat> left. Well, that and he jumps off the he like actually jumps. They have this whole cool fighting scene where they're yeah. trying to <clears throat> stop each other from jumping off and killing themselves to get the stone. And Hawkeye f- does a full swan dive off, and then 
Romanov like jumps off, grabs him, hooks this like grappling hook onto his belt, and then you have this like. Is it safe to say that Jeremy Renner is the best actor in this movie? Yeah, one of for sure. Like, I mean, Robert Downey Jr. always it. does amazing, but like, he has just the most, I think, impressive display of emotion. And this entire scene is basically where both of the Russo brothers came into the theater, pointed a gun at my head, and says, "You're going to cry uncontrollably now." I was like, <laughs> "All right, you. I can't argue with you. You made the movie." Yeah. Um. Oh my gosh, it's so sad. Mm-hmm. Like Black Widow is so lovable, like such a yeah. great character. Yeah, she's gone. I mean, we'll have a TV show of her, correct? Uh, well, there's supposed to, she's supposed to be getting a movie. Movie, that's what it is. And I imagine, you know, it'll be a, a prequel. Mm-hmm. Hopefully about their time in Budapest. Right. Because they've referenced that multiple times throughout the MCU. Mm-hmm. Her and Barton. Yeah. Supposedly, I think that's when, like, he was, like, sent to kill her and I think uh, turned her. Right. Uh, which is cool. But yeah, yeah that, was a, that was a great scene. Um, definitely didn't, didn't see it coming. No, um, not at all. So. Yeah. So, um... Moving on, they, everyone gets back. So we're back on Earth now, back in 2022? 2023, I think. 2023. And they've got all the stones. Romanov's dead, so you have a moment where everyone kind of mourns that loss. They're like, we got to make this count. Um, and that's where they solidify that it's like, well, if you died to the... Which is funny, because someone brought this up to me. There's The time travel in this is hard, and you, you can't look too closely... Just like any time travel movie, really, because time travel isn't a thing that actually exists yet. We don't know how it would work. But but people were like, well, they went back and got Gamora from this other... Why don't they just go back in time and grab Romanov and bring her back? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Just, I don't know. I don't yeah. want to dive into that, you yeah. know? Because when, when I think about it, I'm like, yeah, they could, but it's like, it doesn't matter. It didn't happen. Right. Uh, so she's dead, and they're basically like, if you die to the Soul Stone, you can't really go back. Um... And anyways, their their whole thing that they're focused on right now is bringing everyone back. So they create the Stark Gauntlet, which with all six Infinity Stones. Um, all the while in the background, what's happening in 2014 is that 2014 Thanos is learning about all this, realizing that they have all the stones in 2023, and he's headed there. Uh, because uh, past Nebula took out future Nebula and went back in her place. And yeah. so past Nebula is now in 2023. Uh, Hulk uses the gauntlet. They figure he's like the closest looking thing to Thanos and like strong. So he uses it, <clears throat> fries and half the of his body. emit a ton of gamma radiation. Oh, yeah. And that's how he was created. Right. So, so everyone kind of braces themselves. He gets the gauntlet. You can see he's like really struggling with it. Um, which also just highlights what a bad dude Thanos is because mm-hmm. like he can handle it, you know? Yeah. Um, so he, but he makes the snap. And so you have the, the Professor Hulk snap. And everyone's brought back, and you and you just see signs of it because like uh, Clint gets a call from his wife, you know, and super emotional, and like uh, Scott Lang walks outside, yeah. and you see birds flying around, and then they just get walloped by a giant laser from Thanos's. Yeah, so Nebula uses the time machine, brings in <clears throat> Thanos's ship, mm-hmm. um, and then yeah, just launches a you know missile strike on the AF. Oh yeah. And everybody's kind of fowed. And the F is gone. And uh, what happens next is basically the greatest fight sequence of all time. Like, it's it's just phenomenal um, what happens next. It's, like, the, just the best mix. It's the most deserved fan service ever. Yeah. You There's see, a lot of fan service in this battle, but it feels earned, and it, mm-hmm. it's not really cheesy ever. Oh, no, yeah. 
Oh man. I mean, so what you have next is Clint is kind of running through the ruck the wreckage with the with the gauntlet trying to keep it away from the Chitari, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. The Chitari, uh, like the outriders, whatever you want to call yeah. them. Yeah. Um and while this is all happening, everyone else is trying to recover. And then you have one of my favorite scenes in the movie, which is they do get just their their asses handed to them, but it's where you have the Cap Thor and Tony team up to just like they're like he's just sitting there. And they're like we know he's baiting us. I don't really care. Let's go anyways, yeah. you know? And um, so a lot's happening underground for all the other Avengers to kind of escape and get back to the fight. Uh, but they go battle Thanos, and he just smacks them around with his big Darth Maul sword, mm-hmm. you know? And you have some really cool fight scenes, and then one of the coolest things in the movie happens, Mjolnir, summoned by Cap. That was, yeah, that was my favorite part of the movie, being a big Cap guy. When he gets Mjolnir and just beats down Thanos mm, for a bit. That uppercut with oh. the... Oh. So Nut. cool. It was just like so Nut exciting. Yeah. yeah. It was just so exciting. Yeah. Um, and Thor just being like, I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> that was the best part. Yeah. It's like, it, and that's another point. Like through this whole movie, there's like a line will happen where you're laughing, you're emotional because someone just like died or got beat up. And it's, and you're also just like in awe because something so cool is happening, you know? <clears throat> so they get just destroyed by Thanos. And then you have like Thanos's entire army is there. You know, he brings them all in, and they're about to get destroyed. Everyone's kind of unconscious or fighting their way out of the rubble, and you have again, I'm not the biggest Cap fan. I am a bigger Cap fan after watching Winter Soldier again, Mm -hmm. just because that movie's amazing. Yeah. Um, Told you. you you, You're right. You're right. Uh, (laughs) You have this amazing, I think the coolest shot in the MCU, where Cap is standing with, like, less than half of a shield. He like takes forever to get up, and he walks, and he's just tightens there. that sucker. Yeah, tightens half of oh, a yeah. shield on his arm, and yeah. he's like, "I'm gonna stand up to this arm." Which in reality isn't gonna do him a ton of good. Maybe he can like stab someone with. I don't know. It's just his character, man. Yeah, he's I know. The, he's gonna be the one man standing against an entire exactly. Army. Which like cool. in the past, I've normally just been like, "Ah, oh, you're just the ugh, you're such the quintessential American hero." But in this, I was like, "You are actually like it." The shot is him staring down the most overwhelming army of all time in which he stands no chance and he's still doing it, you yeah. know? Uh, so that was, I, I thought that was Cap's best moment in the movie. It was, it was, because I, I think like the night before or something, you and I were talking, you know, I was like, is he going to say, I can do this all day? And we kind of got that joke mm-hmm. when he's doing the Cap versus Cap fight. But like, <clears throat> excuse me, that was like his moment of when he's standing up, tightening the shield of, of essentially saying like, I can do this all day. Oh yeah. It's just so cool. Yeah, and then you get... Hey, Cap, on your left, and everyone's back. Because the snap happened, and, and everyone comes back uh, through the little time portals, or yeah. space portals that uh, the Captain, um, not Captain, Doctor, uh, Doctor Strange. Strange uses, and then the fight is about to begin. And then I think you have another one of the coolest things. Again, like, if you weren't a Marvel fan, you would think this was a lame moment, but when Cap says Avengers Assemble, like... As a Marvel fan, you know that has not been said in a movie yet. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost said at the end of Ultron, and it's kind of funnily cut off. Um, funnily, that's not a word. Comedically, humorously cut off. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, and then the fight ensues, and it's awesome. You get a reunion between Tony and... and uh, Peter. And Peter. Um, super emotional. Um, that was the first time I cried in the movie. Mm. Really? Oh, yeah. I was... I had, I had lost... That was the first like... time I actually... So, I cried a lot more at different moments the second time we saw mm-hmm. it the next day, but that night, the first time I shed tears, or teared up, uh, was Peter seeing Tony and kind of explaining, like, yeah. you know, we, we like, disappeared, and then we, like, <laughs> or he's like, I fainted or something, and yeah. we woke up, and... 
Yeah. And he's like, the magic guy did the portal thing, and now we're back. Just so Because it's just like classic Peter, Mm -hmm. just like not really understanding what's going on. I love him. I love him so much. Um, So let's see what else happened. Cap builds Mjolnir. Spider and Tony reunite. Avengers assemble. Um, and then I don't think the fighting really needs to be detailed. If you're, if you're at this point, you've seen it. It's just an amazing fight. You get to, you get kind of a little picture of every single person fighting some less than others, but overall it's very satisfying. You know, um, you have even pepper in the, you know, uh, what's it called? Safety or what's rescue rescue suit. Um, them fighting back to back. Super, super cool. Um, then Captain Marvel comes in, flies through the ship. Connor rolls his eyes again. <laughs> I just, I, I actually really enjoyed the Captain Marvel movie. I, I liked her in that, and mm-hmm. I just hated her in this movie. You know, this was all of her parts in this were filmed before Captain Marvel. Interestingly enough, huh? I guess that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um. At at this point in time, uh, when they filmed this movie, or as this movie was being filmed, I think that um, Ragnarok was in post production because uh, they filmed this at the same time as Infinity War. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um. And so the Russo brothers didn't know yet that that Thor would have this whole funny arc. Right. Uh, so they had to go, they were like talking to, what's the director's name? Taiko Batiti. So they had to talk to Taiko the entire time and be like, what's Thor like? And that's why they were able to uh, have Thor be humorous and that all flow together in mm-hmm. Infinity War in this movie. Yeah. Because they, like, they, Thor took such a big turn in Ragnarok, which right. is before Infinity War. Anyways. Back to everything. The end of the fight is uh, Captain Marvel kind of trying to stop um, Thanos, who eventually gets the gauntlet, which is on the field the whole time. They're tossing around like a football. Um, and he gets the gauntlet. He's about to snap. And Tony comes in. And because of the whole nanotech and that thing being made out of... Uh, it was the Stark gauntlet. He's able to get all of the stones. And Thanos snaps. Nothing happens. Uh, after Right after he says, I'm inevitable. And then you just have the... Tony's greatest moment where he says and I am Iron Man and it takes forever for him to say it because he's like a human trying to wield these six stones yeah and he does it and he snaps army's gone and it's so cool you get to see what like again what a badass Thanos is because he's so powerful that he's the last one that is also just it's a cinematic but he's the last one that disappears and it takes him forever and he just like goes and sits down he's like well all right I guess that's it yep I'm done and uh then I would say the last 30 minutes of the movie are just wrapping up loose ends. Mm-hmm. You know, you have... Uh, Essentially Tony- an epilogue. Mm-hmm. You have Tony passes away. Uh, oh, did you cry when Peter said bye to him? Because I was, yeah. I was like, bawling. Yeah, I don't, Peter's I don't... like, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was like, God, like Peter, no. Saying, like, this is my fault. Like, I know. I screwed up and it just, oh, yeah, that killed me. I'm getting emotional just thinking about it. I am too. Yeah, and then Pepper says you can rest again. And Tony's like, I think his brain's fried. Like, he can barely respond. Yeah, you know, he, he recognizes. His, literally, his last words are, I am Iron Man. Yeah. It's just so poetic and yeah. so perfect. I'm, yeah, I'm tearing up just thinking about oh, it. Me too. I want to go see this movie again so badly. <laughs> Same. I love we've, this movie so We've much. both seen it twice already, uh, and we're for sure going back. Um, but then, yeah, you have the sending away a really weird cameo from the kid from Iron Man 3. Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was cool. I thought it was... I, the same actor like, and everything. He's like, gr- I know, I th- that's what I thought too. Uh, but cool, yeah, cool full circle. Again, so much fan service in this movie. Uh, you have Tony's funeral, which was a, uh, an amazing send-off and cap to his story mm-hmm. line um, and his involvement in the MCU. It was beautiful. Um, you see John Favreau talking to... Uh, his daughter, and she's like, I want a cheeseburger, you know, mm-hmm. call back to Iron Man 1 when he leaves the, you know, the, the desert and being yeah. captured. Um, so that wraps up 
and then you have um, Cap going back in time. Well, before that, you have um, Thor handing over kingship of Asgard to uh, Valkyrie. Valkyrie. Yeah. Um, and then you have the whole Asgardians of the Galaxy set up. Super comedic, really mm-hmm. fun. Makes me super pumped for that movie. Yeah. Um, I hope by that time, I love Fat Thor, but I hope by that time he's not fat. I hope that they don't continue the stick, you know? Um, and then Cap, the kind of the last thing that happens is Cap goes back in time. Mm-hmm. Returns all the stones because that's what they said they were going to do. Doesn't come back. It's very unclear how he got back to this reality. Yeah, those that, those are some questions yeah. that are left unanswered. I think of mm-hmm. how he actually gets back. You know how all that works. Did Cap screw up? You know, did Cap create alternate timelines by going back? All those questions. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Cap got Cap went back and stayed and got to live the life that he always wanted with Peggy, yeah. which was, I think, you know, an appropriate send off. Oh, absolutely. Uh, he you know passes the mantle to Falcon to Sam Wilson, gives him the shield. Yeah. Uh, which was cool. Yeah. So, uh, all in all, just a masterpiece of a movie. Like, it's this movie for Marvel fans is made by and for Marvel fans and is a true masterpiece. Yeah. I give it a 9.5. Just like there were a few problems I had with it that are so minuscule and overshadowed by everything that is good about this movie. And it made me the most emotional, I think, out of any movie I've ever watched. Yeah. I'm trying to, I mean, just a range of emotions. I'm like. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I think for me, just because I was thinking about that, of like movies that make me so emotional, Lord of the Rings, just, Mm. you know, and I think I'm going to look back on this in a similar light, like years down the line, I think, if I hold Lord of the Rings in such high regard, and I think those movies are just perfect, and I think I'm going to look at like Infinity War and Endgame in a very similar way, just like, yeah, they've got some problems, whatever, they mean nothing to mm-hmm. me, ultimately. Like, these movies are perfect. These movies are going to be studied in film classes in decades to come because it's going to be the best showing of... There was this amazing cinematic universe, quote-unquote, that was made, and these two brothers had to cap it off, basically. They directed two movies previously, or one? In- Winter Soldier, Civil War, and Infinity War. Yeah. So three of the Marvel movies. Well, I guess not counting Infinity War, they... Directed to, and then you look at Infinity yeah. War and Endgame, and it's like, look how they capped it off. Like, it's unreal. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, Absolutely. this has been us nutting on it. On. <laughs> Getting excited for Endgame. Basically. <laughs> yeah. I was just, uh, yeah, I have phrased that really weird. Uh, I'm sorry about that, kids at home. Um, this has been us just fangirling about Endgame, and it, it deserves all the fangirling we can give it. Um, I mean, what a time. So, anyways. Thanks for listening, guys. Go follow us uh, at Unbiased Film on everything. Instagram, Twitter, whatever else. Uh, we got to head out pretty soon. Thanks for listening, guys. Hope to stick around. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Hey, the beat go off? Hey.
ain't got no